In Alabama Ag and Review for the week of July 11th, we started off with trade deals. We have been following the progress of the free trade agreements, and late last week, both the House and Senate trade committees did advance the three trade deals for Korea, Colombia, and Panama. The next step is now waiting for the president to submit the implementing legislation to Congress, so that way we can have a full vote in both the House and the Senate, and hopefully soon after that, a signature by the president. That's American Farm Bureau trade specialist Chris Garza, who explains why many believe there is now good momentum to get the deals done. We believe that if these trade agreements are passed before the August recess, they will give something to Congress to go back to their constituents in their states, in their districts, to talk about something positive that they help to increase jobs, that they help to increase U.S. exports, and overall that they're helping the U.S. economy by passing these trade agreements. And the numbers to back those claims up are there, with the trade agreements estimated to represent about $2.5 billion in additional ag exports, which could potentially represent about 22,000 jobs. However, guards admit that there is still one big obstacle to overcome. The administration has said that in order for them to send up these free trade agreements, they must be accompanied by trade adjustment assistance, which is a program that provides assistance to farmers, individuals, or companies that have been hurt due to imports into the United States. At this point in time, we have two separate bills that are out there. One includes TAA, the other does not. It's something that will have to be negotiated between leadership in Congress and the administration. And with livestock, Randall Wiseman had this. Recently, USDA Chief Economist Joe Glover spoke to the Senate Ag Committee about the prospects for livestock exports in general and beef in particular. U.S. exports of livestock, poultry, and dairy products are forecast to reach a record $26.5 billion in fiscal 2011, up $5 billion from the previous year. U.S. beef exports for 2011 are forecast at 2.59 billion pounds. And I, I note this is the first time that our exports for beef have exceeded the level uh, pre-BSE levels. So after a long time, we finally climbed back so that our, or at least our exports for 2011 are forecast above those pre-BSE levels. We are expecting a slight decline for 2012, although that still, I think, reflects the fact we are anticipating strong international demand, but total beef supplies will likely be about 4% lower. And while those in the livestock industry are seeing higher prices for their animals right now, Glauber said high feed costs are also putting the squeeze on producers. Where we would normally see with the high prices that we've seen in beef, pork, and poultry, where we might expect more expansion, we just haven't seen the expansion. Livestock margins remain under pressure as weather events and strong demand have pushed prices for feed and other inputs to record levels. Glauber told the Senate Ag Committee that it's a tight financial situation for livestock producers right now, and he thinks that will continue for some time. And we'll wrap up for this week with Everett Greiner. Has American agriculture become too dependent on migrant labor? Obviously it has. But are there any other solutions? Obviously there is not. Since states have stepped up enforcement of immigration laws, farmers from coast to coast are under growing pressure. Their workforce is in jeopardy. Already, some Georgia vegetable farmers are talking about going back to cotton and peanuts next year. Nobody's going to plant a crop they may not be able to harvest. And I have no proof of this. I just read it. One California labor group sent out 60,000 job inquiries to American workers. They got 11 takers. Folks, if this situation goes unchecked, fruit and vegetable farming is in serious trouble. The current laws that regulate immigrant labor will not work. You may soon see vegetable prices higher than beef and pork and poultry prices. And remember, you can find these stories along with all the week's Southeast Agnet reports on our website at southeastagnet.com. I'm Julie McPeak with Southeast Agnet's podcast.